All right, welcome everybody to another episode of We All Speak in Poems. Today, me and Chantel are sitting down with Austin Carnes, aka R. Benny. Uh, how are you, man? I am well. Thank you for having me. How are you two? Yeah, we're great. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm really stoked for this one. Uh, we have a lot of questions. You know, oh, you're okay. sort of like a one of the legends of ambient music now. Almost. I don't know about that. (laughs) Starting to get there. I don't know anybody who sort of either doesn't know your name or at least just doesn't like your music. Everybody loves it. Yeah. It's going to be, I'm hoping this one's going to be really good. Um, So to start it all off, you know, before our Benny and all that, like what were you sort of doing? What was your introduction to music? Yeah. um, So I I actually had family members that were musicians, um, namely my grandparents, they're bluegrass musicians. So music was kind of just always around. And I think because of that, because they watched me a lot growing up, I kind of was just like, well, music is, (laughs) I wasn't really into it. I was like, well, my grandparents are into music that, you know, as a little kid, I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to do this. (laughs) But I think I came to appreciate it later on. But um, yeah, just like having music around. So I kind of already had, you know, I would, take lessons against my will. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I come to appreciate that later. Yeah. Uh, I was take, the first thing I learned was ukulele. Oh, I think. Cool. Yeah. So like the thing was, is if I finished one VHS tape of lessons, they would take me to uh, the toy store and get like a toy car or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <wow>. So <laughs> yeah. Um, eventually. Yeah. I just got into music through friends. Um, my friends would, play guitar they were in the band at school and they just would we would share music and I was like oh I want to get into that uh that world so I took guitar lessons and um yeah eventually found my way to synths after years you know playing in bands and things like that it was kind of a, a reaction to that amazing yeah so when you say you picked up guitar like in school because of your friends and stuff uh, what's the sort of timeline there, like elementary school or, or high school? Or... Um, yeah, I guess it would have been around the middle school area, uh, like six through eight. One of the, I can't remember the exact year. I, I was probably 12 or 13. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and it was definitely like a thing where like I was not as good as I wanted to be, you know, like I was, I wanted to play all the songs that I loved, but I was, you know, not good. <laughs> um, I didn't have like the, my hands would not match what my brain was trying to do. So I feel that even, even now with guitar, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work. No. It's tricky. But eventually I was just like, Oh, there's these things called like reverb and delay and they can make you sound good no matter what you do. <laughs> so yeah, I remember like discover I had one of those like multi effects, like Digitech things and, uh, yeah, discovering there was like a whale sounds preset on it or something like that. And I was just like, whoa, my guitar doesn't have to sound like a guitar. So that was kind of yeah. like the first inkling I've had, I had of like ambient music and then just kind of discovering it around at the same time, like finding out about Brian Eno and yeah, um, yeah stuff like that. What kind of uh, music were you and your friends playing? Was it like rock and kind of metal? Or... <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were really into like metal and industrial type of stuff like Nine Inch Nails and Skinny Puppy and even some not so great stuff <laughs> like <laughs> Ram, Ramstein and stuff like that. 
so it's definitely like our early bands were uh kind of trying to sound like that and then i think things kind of shifted as we got a little bit older getting into like post-rock and kind of more um atmospheric rock metal type of stuff amazing yeah because that's kind of what i grew up on too you know i started with drums at first and you know playing whatever metal was around i wasn't really in bands and stuff because none of my friends were interested in music it seemed but but uh yeah so your introduction to ambient music with like brian Eno and finding out that the guitar can make you know some crazy drones and all this stuff like was there anybody who sort of introduced you to that or did you just kind of find it naturally through you know other people's music listening habits and stuff yeah i you know it's kind of hard to recall but that from my best recollection i found out about brian Eno through the library i used to go to the library with a friend and we would just pick out cd covers that we liked and just rent like 30 or 40 CDs, whatever the limit was. And then we'd go to his house and he had one of those old school CD burners, like that's not even attached to a computer. Um, and we would just burn CDs. So I, I found out about Brian Eno that way. I think it was actually the Brian Eno and Fripp album, uh, one of their albums that they did together. Oh, wow. So there's like, there's a tangible guitar parts in those too. So it's like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then I'd, you know, that's led me down to searching blogs for similar types of types of music. And then this is like going on at the same time where I'm like discovering all this stuff on like about guitar pedals and how you can do um, more minimal guitar styles as opposed to like needing to play riffs all the time. And yeah, um, yeah so it all kind of happened simultaneously. And then, you know, once I heard ambient music, I was all in, like, I just tried to get any record I can get my hands on at the That's time awesome. <laughs> pre-streaming. So <laughs> you had to like find it on Napster or uh, yeah, go to the library or the record store. So. Wow. Yeah. Library. I, I don't think my library had that. Yeah. I don't think mine did we, either. <laughs> yeah, they just on books. No, we were great. very lucky to have a nice, nice library system here. <laughs> for yeah, sure. Especially with yeah ambient music in it. That would be a game changer yeah. Like, yeah. for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And that was like how I like figured out who Bjork was oh, and like, wow. Nine Snails, I figured out through that too. So it was definitely like a cool um, experience, like growing up, like trying to find new music, you know, um, definitely a good resource. That's yeah, for cool. sure. So where did the, do you have like a story behind the name R. Benny or? Yeah. Um, so R. Benny really is, it was meant to be like a placeholder name actually. Uh, at the time, but when I started this project, I was really into, or I guess I still am into the work of this photographer named Roloff Benny. Oh, okay. Um, cool. He was a Canadian, actually. Oh, wow. Um, and he was working in the 60s and 70s, and he did a lot of photography of nature and things like that. So I, when I started my YouTube channel about six, six or seven years ago now, wow, holy shit. Um, <laughs> Uh, I just, I didn't really have a name and I was just going to do a quick tutorial for someone um, that I had met on a music forum. And I was just like, well, I'll just make this and make the video private. And I, this is not going to be a real thing. And I was just like, are many? Cause yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I was just like a tribute and my, the book was like sitting right there. So wow. I just did that. And then the first video kind of just blew up and then I guess, you know, they kind of stuck after that. <laughs> For sure. That's, that's really cool. I, I mean, I, there's a lot of sort of iconic artists and stuff who sort of, uh, 
take the names of their idols and stuff and that's just really cool i think that's a really yeah. cool way to come up with a an alias i've learned more about him since uh since then yeah, <laughs> yeah. he definitely seems like a cool person so that's i mean awesome. i think he's since passed many years ago but yeah i hope i do the the name justice even if the name is not exactly the same absolutely that's really cool so we noticed with a lot of your song titles, they kind of reference to photography. Mm-hmm. Um, is photography <laughs> one of your other creative outlets or is it just something that kind of brings you inspiration? Yeah, cr- photography is definitely one of my other creative outlets. Um, film photography in particular. Oh, cool. Um, that was just, uh, maybe that was something like a vestige left over from, you know, when I was a kid, there were were no digital cameras or they were just like, they were too expensive. Yeah. Sure. So I always remembered, you know, going with my mom, doing the 24-hour photo thing at the drugstore. And yeah, I, I, the process always just kind of stuck with me. So whenever I'd look in um, like at family photos and they just have like this like certain feel to them, mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I would like to continue doing that, you know, as I got older. So That's awesome. For sure, yeah. And the film photography definitely makes sense. Like I feel like yeah. you're very – uh tactile person like you're really mm-hmm. into the modular you're really into synths and film is just another sort of asset to that it's pretty similar i think um, yeah in terms of i think along the same lines of like tape and vinyl just liking physical mediums yeah. a lot just trying not to get everything lost in the digital world yeah for sure what's uh what's your setup right now for photography i'll get to the music afterwards but <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested so film stuff I guess my, my main camera is a Canon A1. Oh, nice. I'm not sure. Those are kind of like basic cameras. I've had that one forever. Um, I like that one because it does have like a semi-automatic mode. Mm-hmm. So when I just want to go out and shoot and not think about ISO and stuff, it, it has like that auto mode, which works pretty well. For sure. And then I recently got this uh, Ricoh GR1. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah which is like a little handheld uh, camera. So that's like a lot easier to take out if I'm, you know, out and about super easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I have a couple of Polaroid cameras I like to use. Then I have this old Olympus that my grandfather gave me, passed down to me. Wow. Uh, I don't know the exact model number of the camera. <laughs> sure. It's pretty nice. Yeah, that one's like the old school, like everything is mechanical on it. So that one's like a very good one to, to, to learn on. Amazing. Yeah. So going back, uh, you said you you actually started on YouTube instead of like actually just releasing it. You just kind of started making videos. Yeah. So I guess like part of the reasoning behind that is I actually quit music for about a year oh, wow. before I started doing this because um, I had been playing in bands and it, it kind of had become unfulfilling to me. Like I felt like I wasn't really making the music that I wanted to, like even sitting alone in my room, making loops or whatever, I I never felt like I was making anything I I was proud of and playing in bands. I felt like I was playing other people's music or like playing styles. I wasn't really into anymore. So I'd like sold all my gear and just stopped making music for a year. I was completely at peace with it until a friend showed me um, one of his synths um and i was just like wow this is pretty fun <laughs> and then flash forward to like two months later i have like five cents and <laughs> you know a bit off more than i can chew but um <clears throat> yeah i guess eventually i started that youtube channel just to do like 
a private tutorial for someone on one of the sins, just something I had figured out that wasn't in the manual. And I wasn't ever planning to record music or to release it or anything. I was fine just keeping, you know, doing music stuff at home alone. So I think it kind of like grow, uh, grew organically from there. Um, Cause I still was doing tutorials to start the, the YouTube channel with. And then once I started doing music, I got requests to do albums and wow. stuff like that. That's really cool. So now it's like kind of back on that path of yeah, making music. For sure. Um, I want to get into the, the uh, newest release of yours. Uh, we grow in a gleam because it, ah. you release it kind of as a 30 minute or so piece. But when you listen to it, it's almost set up like an album. Like it, there's different uh, sections, if you will, like, and they just kind of flow into each other perfectly. Was it kind of uh, composed that way or um, yeah. like, is that, is that intentional? So I guess it's half intentional and half not intentional. Um, the reason that it wouldn't be intentional is I'm just not great at making longer pieces, <laughs> you know, with a lot of, I mean, my music does have a lot of repetition, but I've never been one to just let the, you know, same thing go on for 20 minutes or something like that. So when the, this label approached me, the long form editions, I was kind of, kind of um, hesitating of where, whether to actually do it since I'm not great at doing long form stuff like that. But um, I figured if I could break it up into different movements, I could probably handle it. So that was kind of the inspiration there. Yeah. Plus, like this, um, coming from you know being a fan of bands like Godspeed You, Black Emperor, where they have these long twenty-minute songs, but they're broken up into different movements. Um, I was kind of inspired by that, so that was kind of the thinking thinking there. Yeah, it was a real trip listening to it because I I almost expected it to just be sort of a thirty-minute long ambient or drone piece that is repetitive, but. Uh, I think what amount around four, maybe six minutes or so, um, you know, all of a sudden the change comes in. I think it was the major pitch change that first hit me. And I was like, we're in a whole different section now. It doesn't sound anything like that. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool and uh, inspiring because long form is definitely something I struggle with too. Something I try at, but uh, to me, long form is what you do like eight minutes, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. to yeah. me at least. Eight minutes was would be very long to me, so I was just like twenty minutes. How am I gonna do that? <laughs> yeah, for 25 sure. minutes. Well, yeah, and it's funny because you know some of your longer songs on like Echoes Verse and and whatever album are my favorite ones that you've put out. But uh, in terms of your like starting a track, normally do you have like a specific process, or is it kind of just experimentation most of the time? So I guess, I guess like, yeah, it, it is experimentation a lot of the time. Um, you know, I, yeah, sometimes it's just different processes. Like I'll think of a prompt I want to try, like try to make something that sounds like this or try to make something that, you know, does this, this, and this. Uh, but a lot of the times it's just, you know, coming up with like a sound palette first, like coming up with sounds I like doing synth de uh, patch design on a synth or something. And then coming up with the music after I have like a palette already. So it's kind of like a, I like to think of it as like painting where, you know, the artist will choose their color palette and then make the painting. It's like that choosing the sound palette and then making the music based off of that. Wow. 
Amazing. And then sometimes it's like, I'll have a musical idea. will just come to me like in the dream or something. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but that's rare. That's much more rare. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Usually you have to put more work in. So if you ever like hit a creative wall and, and you just really don't know where to start or how to get going, like what are some techniques that you use to get past that? Yeah, that happens all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the biggest one for me is just getting away from yeah. the creative things. So just like going for a walk or for a hike, um, getting outside in general. <laughs> yeah. um, kind of just disconnecting any part of my brain that needs to think beyond just breathing and moving um, kind of helps. Um, sometimes, you know, you don't have the luxury of time to process stuff like that. So if I have like a deadline of something I need to work on creatively, it's just a case of working on it little by little and trying to envision what the final thing will sound like. Like, I feel like if I have a map towards the, the finish line of whatever I'm trying to finish, it helps the process a little bit as yeah. opposed to just blindly working. For sure. So with that being said, do you find that you actually don't uh, maybe work on music very often or is it kind of always scheduled or is it just whenever you feel like it? Yeah, it's pretty much whenever I feel like it. That's cool. like at this point, yeah. I haven't really worked on music in the last like six months. Oh, wow. Um, just for creative reasons. And I've been in the middle of moving. So just all these external factors have made it so like, okay, I don't really... Yeah, I'm not really feeling it right now. Sure. I've done a few things here here and there, you know, and I'm prepping for some upcoming gigs next week. So it's like, okay, I'm getting back into the swing of things. But yeah, I'll definitely have long, you know, five, six month periods where I just don't really work on music. But then it'll be like a super concentrated, like three months where that's all I do every day. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That sounds a lot like what 12 I do. 12 hours almost. a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 12 hours a day. <laughs> um, and I noticed too, a lot of your albums, they have like sort of stories within it. Maybe not stories, but um, like meanings behind them. And a lot of people, including myself, sometimes just don't have meanings for tracks or an album. Um, is that something you go into like almost needing or, or is that something sort of that comes along with just the process of, of making an album? Um, that's definitely something that it's a conscious decision to make music based on whether it's stories or um, just an expression um, expression. I don't know what the right word is like trying to express myself. Yeah. So usually if I'm putting out an album, it's an extension of that. For sure. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I have to ask about the title of, of Echoes First. Um, because yes. I up until maybe earlier this year, I had never known that Echo was a Greek mythological figure or whatever. Does that have anything to do with the title there? Or is that sort of added on to it? It absolutely does. Um, I guess the original inspiration, was, it was... Um, there's a passage in the book House of Leaves by oh, Mark Danielewski. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So that's exactly where that's from. So that oh, that wow. line has always stuck with me after read or that passage after reading the book. And eventually I was just like, okay, that's going to be a song or an album title because that I, that uh, really resonated with me, the story of Echo. 
Um, Absolutely. I can't recall off the top of my head here at the moment, but <laughs> yeah, to me, like it was a very uh, poignant um, passage and story. So, are yeah, you I, are you an avid reader? Because like House of Leaves is a pretty it's a pretty heavy yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, and I have yeah. to just say, like when I was reading House of Leaves, and then that whole Echo passage came in, I was like, wait a minute, our Benny, like, is this <laughs> where he found it? I was like, this is yeah. so weird. You know, because I think that was right around the time you actually sent me the vinyl or or oh. I bought the vinyl from you because I thought it was sold out. Um, and I was like, wow, this is <laughs> nope. super yeah, weird. That's exactly, yeah. the, exactly where it came from. Um, I'm not, I, I don't read as much as I should currently. Uh, I've been trying to read more. But yeah, I, I, I love reading. Just a matter of finding more time to do it. For sure. Do you have any sort of favorite authors or favorite styles or even favorite books? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. I love reading about like travel and uh, nature, um, like history, things like that. Um, I still love nonfiction too, or uh, fiction too, sorry. Yeah. Um, it really just depends like what whatever interests me, I guess, at the moment. Like I was really into like Arctic countries recently for some reason. And so I read a book about the, uh, that seed uh, oh, storage seed facility part? that's like yeah. in Norway or something like that. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, I was just like reading about like that. And then now I'm reading about this book about owls. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So that's what I'm reading now when I do have time. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Do you find that you draw a lot of inspiration like for maybe your um, song titles or even just how you want a song to sound or an album? Do you draw that from novels ever or? Yeah. yeah. I Usually what I do is like if something strikes me like a word or a passage, I will, I have a little journal that I write down um, that stuff in. So like, like Echo's verse, I had written that passage down inside my journal years. This is probably even before I was doing Arb any stuff. Oh, wow. So just returning to it and like, yeah, but definitely like lit a bulb in my creative brain um, to do that. But a lot of my song titles come come that way and like inspiration comes from that. Yes. For sure. Very nice. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to hear, you know, when there's sort of overlap with some people's uh, inspirations and, you know, how they how they work and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the gear you use, do you have any go to gear um, that you're using right now or like favorites, favorite synths or tape machines or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I'm always trying to figure out <laughs> what the best is um, or best for me. The, the go-to synth for me the last couple of years has been the Novation Summit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And prior to that, the Novation Peak, just kind of like a virtual analog synth. Like it's not fully analog. The oscillators aren't analog, but the filters and like the VCAs are all analog. Um, I, I really love that synth. Like that, that's on everything I've ever released, I think, besides like one album or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, lately I've been getting into this, uh, Waldorf Iridium synth. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that thing has like sampling capabilities and has like a physical modeling engine. Oh, wow. Um, I, I, I really have been getting into physical modeling. I kind of like that uncanny, uncanny valley type, like 
acoustic sound. For sure. Oh. Yeah, you can really hear that in, in yours, like even just allowing, um, you know, the tape hiss and stuff to be uh, another part of the texture of your of your um, tracks. It's it's inspiring for me because, you know, you're just proving that you're allowed to leave that stuff in, you know, yeah. and almost use it to your yeah. advantage. You know, uh, it's really yeah. cool. I have to ask about the first track of of Echoes versus Well Crushing. Um, there. It's not a synth in that the the sort of tape loop. It's it's strings, right? Like actual yeah. strings, if you can recall. So, it. I guess what it is is, it's like one of those Mellotron knockoffs. Oh, really? so for that album, I was actually borrowing borrowing that Mellotron. I forgot the name of it, but um, borrowing the Mellotron knockoff from a friend, and I just decided to make an album based around that and processing those sounds. So I think it is like just the string setting on a Mellotron. It sounds so real. Yeah. It's like buried in tape and, you know, all types of effects and stuff. But (laughs) yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was was convinced that you had either sampled, you know, a string player or or hired somebody. Because I think that was the first time I had ever heard a sound like that in your music, where it was uh, almost more acoustic instead of synth based uh, uh and so yeah that's really interesting to hear that it was all mellotron it's uh, yeah. <laughs> crazy to hear what you can do you know yeah um, well, those things sound you know really good on their own anyway but uh, mm-hmm. yeah you run them through some effects and yeah you can really make them pop so i also notice you know you're kind of a, a regular on on dow the label dow uh, and I was wondering how you figure out when uh, an album's going to be released through any any label versus uh, like a solo release. Yeah, so that's actually a good question um, because I do get that one a lot. So maybe that this could help clarify some t- uh, something. But uh, yeah, when I was starting this thing, I, I had a goal in mind of only doing self-releases unless it was something I could not do on my own, whether that's reach an audience that I couldn't do on my own or, you know, resources like getting vinyl done that I couldn't do on my own, but I was able to get tapes done and CDs done on my own and I can do a release on my own. But, um, with Dow, um, he had been pushing to do a release with me for a while and I was still kind of pushing back on doing anything with any label, but I guess over time I became friends with Peter who runs the label. And I saw that he did a release with, um, I might be saying this wrong, but Benoit Pouillard. I think so. Yeah. I always have. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I want to be on this. I want to be on a label that he has a release on because I was a big fan of his. So that finally, like, I was like, okay, I'll release an album with you. (laughs) But then, yeah, it just became like a a thing where I became friends with, yeah. um, Peter, like I said, and, um, every once in a while we'll be like, okay, let's do this release together. We'll plan it out and um, set like a deadline and stuff like that. For as sure. opposed to the self-releases, there's no deadlines and it could take forever to finish. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that for sure. And I I think some of your DAO releases are some of my favorite, like uh, uh, Echoes Verse and also, uh, how do you pronounce it? Saudade? 
Is that? I, that's how yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm not quite sure the the best way to say it. So, um, yeah, that was one of those wor- words where you read it and you like fall fall in love with the meaning, and then you realize you don't actually know how to say it. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably refrain from trying to say it now. <laughs> um, it's funny too because I I follow um you know wherever Benoit goes because I'm yeah. such a huge fan of his as well. And I'm always like, oh, he's releasing on this label and this label. Like if they ask me or whatever, maybe I'll actually consider it. Um, or at least. Yeah, before. I feel like it's a good barometer for like quality. They like, okay, if, if it's good enough for him, then yeah, it should be good enough for me. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the way you explained your relationship with Dow, it sounds like a really like chilled back label company. Like I feel like a lot of labels are a lot more strict with contracts and like having to have a certain amount of releases. Whereas what you said, it was kind of like, you know, if you feel like releasing with them, then you guys figure it out and you do it. And if not, then you do it solo. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. That you have that freedom. Yeah, they're very, very laid back like that. Like I think there's no stipulations just that they can use their own in-house art art, uh, director and, other than that, yeah, you're free to do what you want. You, the music, you own all the rights to it. And, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, I've only heard good things about Dow, and and obviously their artwork is iconic at this point. You can always tell when it's a Dow release. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Are Are you working on anything now that that you kind of want to share? Or I mean, you said that it's been a while, yeah. almost six months, but. Uh, even even the live shows, like, are you doing anything special for them, sort of uh, with synths and all that? Are you trying anything new? Um, I'm still figuring out exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> sure. I have a week until the show, the first show, so, um, yeah, I've got to figure that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, before I took this break, I was working on stuff that was more rhythmic-based. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm probably going to be returning to that a little bit. I recorded a bunch of stuff that hasn't been released yet. I guess it's for technically another project that I was starting or going to be starting, but I might try to bring some of that into this, uh, R-Mini thing. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I guess I'm going to try to ramp up work on that, um, after these upcoming shows and put something more rhythmic out. When you say rhythmic, do you mean just like uh, sort of house beats or like the kicks or, or is it actual, you know, uh, drum kit based or? Yeah, it's it's less based around drums and percussion and more like using like compression and volume stuff to add rhythm, similar to like Vladislav Delay. Oh, wow. Or uh, I think like Ben Frost does a lot, a lot of this type of stuff too. Oh, so so cool. just like playing with dynamics to make rhythm. Um, there's still like beats and stuff in there too, but it's less focused around creating a beat, um, more just like at rhythmic ambient type of stuff. Wow, that's really cool. And you said that you were thinking about putting it under like a different project, like a different alias, or yeah, yeah. I was do gonna you have another alias. Well, that's the thing is, I was gonna do it anonymous anonymously. Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't I haven't decided 100% yet, but uh, I, the first track of this project will be released anonymously on a compilation. There's like a bunch of artists that contributed tracks and the whole thing is going to be anonymous. So I was like, oh, well, that would be wow, a good starting cool. point for that. Yeah. But I haven't decided on uh, 
a name for it yet. So yeah. <laughs> and sure. would you do that just so that you can explore making different sounds or do you think you would still go kind of in the same path? I think I would probably use it for exploring some more different sounds. Um, I don't know. I, it's a weird thing, like, because I know there shouldn't be, like, any attachment to, like, what style of music someone makes. Like, someone can just make whatever music they want under any name. But I've always kind of, like, liked that, like, how the guy from Godflesh has all these different projects, even though it's just the same guy. Yeah, It's like, he's made Yesu and then he made a uh, final and techno animal. So I kind of like that, like splintering of different creative uh, processes into different projects, even though it's all just me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's something a lot of us, I think have uh, sort of struggled with, you know, like, even though when you listen to an Arbeni track, I think a lot of people can tell that it's you. And if you release anything else, I understand why it would be sort of weird. But at the same time, it is, you know, you, Austin, still making it. So, yeah, I understand that that struggle there. Yeah. Um, definitely firsthand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you sort of sit down to listen to music, what, what do you find yourself listening to? Yeah, I listen to everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it really depends on, I guess, like the con in the context of what I'm doing at the moment. Like if I'm at work, I will listen to a lot of instrumental or ambient music just because it lends itself to being background music. Some, you know, um, that's not to say ambient music can't be or instrumental music can't be music that you put on just to like as a foreground, like deep listening experience. But sometimes it does help. You know, if you're trying to focus on something else, but you want to still listen to music, you can listen Absolutely. to ambient music yeah, like sure. that. Um, lately, I've been getting a lot back into the metal stuff that I was into back in, like back when I was playing in bands. Just um, I've been on a really big health kick the last couple months, getting into running and stuff like that. So I found that listening to really heavy music helps helps me run better. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, getting into like metal and uh, even some hip hop stuff as well. Oh, Very nice. nice. Uh, I don't know if you're comfortable talking with it. If you're not, um, feel free. I'll edit this part out or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I think you just quit drinking alcohol, right? How, how has that sort of experience been? Yeah, um, I quit drinking in mid-July, I think that's what it was. It's been a pretty... Um, Interesting, interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to, where to start on that. Like, yeah, I guess it just had become a thing of, well, I guess it had become a problem, you know, like my yeah. relationship with it. And I think a lot of us just do with my relationship with a lot of things, like my relationship with food is similar where I don't really set boundaries that well. Um, so yeah, I realized I was just like, I'm not going to be around much longer if I continue down the path that I'm on now. And I was very unhappy and uh, I decided to just you know, make a change. Um, a lot of, a lot of, you know, work, like it took a lot of baby yeah. steps or a lot of starts and start uh, starts and stops. Um, but you know, once I made it through one night, then it became two nights and then a week, a month, you know, now we're here two and a half months, three months wow. or something like that out. And, still going but uh you know that's just keep myself in check and um 
you know, check in with the people that have been helping me get through this. And yeah, I feel like that's such a healthy like realization to have when you realize that, you know, you're having an unhealthy relationship with like a behavior of yours or something. Yeah, any substance or yeah. any behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask, I know it, it's kind of hard to ask because I know you said you haven't been really making music for the past six months or so, but I did want to ask if quitting drinking has affected your creativity in any way. Like if you find that you feel more energetic or more creative when you're working on stuff or if drinking used to help doing that and like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little weird because I, I feel like I'm I'm still navigating that. Um, like the, right now is like the first time I really started working on music where I haven't been like drinking in years. So I don't think it's affected me too much, like in a negative way um, or a positive way. It kind of just feels like you know the process is kind of still the same. Okay. Um, I think the main difference might be like when I start playing live shows again, like I have not played a live show sober, to be honest. So this will yeah. be uh, pretty, pretty new to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, besides that, I think definitely when I quit or like the first like few months of quitting and like focusing on that, I think that took away all my focus. So like I couldn't focus on music for a little bit. Yeah. I had to just like focus on, you know, whatever I was doing, like whether that's going on a run or like doing what I can to not have a drink that night or something. So for sure, that's a good place to be putting your energy. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really amazing and really just cool. You know, yeah. um, with the live shows, do you um, find that you kind of have a routine that you have to do before, like to get yourself set up and ready? Or do you feel like you have a pretty easy time just kind of getting on stage and doing it? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one because I, I am not, um, I guess I'm a shy person. Like I'm introverted by nature. So I struggle with going on stage sometimes. So that's where the, the alcohol would help. That would be like, that would my be my prep back in the day is just drink enough until I'm not feeling those nerves anymore. Yeah. But um, I think now, yeah, it's just remaining present and, you know, focusing on the music and focusing on trying to, you know, share something that's, that's nice. So that's why I'm definitely feeling excited to play these upcoming shows to, you know, I think it'll be like one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm breaking this habit for the first time and trying to build a new habit for when I play live going forward. For sure. That's very exciting. Yeah. I hope somebody, you know, records those because, oh man, That'd be so sick to see you live. I, know, I would love to see you live. Where, where are you playing? Are you playing in like your sort of in California or, or in your city or? I'm actually traveling, which is going to oh, be okay. uh, the first time I've traveled since the pandemic as well. So um, playing in Seattle and Denver. Oh, Very wow. Nice. Oh, lucky. Yeah. Going to Colorado. Yeah. It's the best place ever. I yeah, know. <laughs> um, Who are you playing with? Is it, Are you sort of the main act or i i get i mean it feels weird for me to say that <laughs> but I, I think so yeah um i can't i haven't met any everyone in the seattle show yet i'm, I'm it's a crew that i'm unfamiliar with at the at the moment I've, i'll be meeting them all for the first time when i get there um in denver i'll be playing with some of the modular denver people in that crew um 
I mean, a Gerald Fjord. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this other artist, Sign Mountain. Um, I think one of the, the the manufacturer who makes the WMD modules oh, wow. will be playing that same show as well. Huh? So it should be should be pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. Do you find with in the in the modular sort of community is that where you've sort of found your uh, comfortability with p- people, or it, has it sort of just come to you? Like was that a, was that an intentional thing when you started getting into modular stuff? Today? Mm, that's a yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> I um, I guess it was a situation of where like once I got into modular, I found the other modular people in my city. Um, for me here, it was um, James Sigler. Uh, James Sigler, mm. not sure familiar with him, but uh, yeah, he works with like Make Noise or used to work with Make Noise and all that. So. Wow. I got in touch with him back in the early days and he just put me in touch with a ton of people. Yeah. He's very, uh, he knew everyone in the, in the Bay area here that uh, was into that stuff. Awesome. So, um, yeah, kind of found that crew, that scene that way. I do feel like I kind of like that I can fit into the, this like modular scene, but then I could fit outside of that yeah, too. Like absolutely. just the music with that. Sometimes I don't, yeah want the focus to be too much on the modular you know <laughs> yeah absolutely that's something i've noticed with your stuff is you know you're known as a modular guy but your music doesn't necessarily sound super modular if that makes any sense um how often does you know the modular synth actually come out when you're composing or recording like the album recordings yeah I'd say it probably doesn't come through that much, actually. Yeah, that's what it seems <laughs> like, like. It's just like any other tool that's in a studio, you know? It's like, um, yeah, it's, I try to purposely make it like that so it's not so transparent. Um, For sure. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm not one, I've never even used a modular system or, or anything. Um, and I can tell from you know echoes verse or whatever um that it's just a lot of it's tape manipulation and tape loops and all that stuff and that's the stuff that i sort of gravitate towards so it's really cool that uh you sort of do both in the same like sort of universe but also separately it's 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 a cool way to sort of differentiate it all between the youtube stuff and and release stuff yeah Um, yeah I definitely like when I was in the full swing of the YouTube thing, I was like, I don't know how comfortable I feel always like, you know, not shilling, but like it feels like free advertisement sometimes for a lot of (laughs) you, you know, um, where, where it becomes less about the music and more about the piece of gear that you're using. Yeah. And I, I kind of like struggled with that at times. Um, I think I found an okay balance. Like I, I, haven't really done the YouTube stuff as much in the last year, which I, I still enjoy doing, but I think just has to be the right situation for that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about that because I noticed that uh, it's been a few months at least um, since you uploaded your last YouTube video. And I was wondering uh, if you're still continuing to, sorry, still planning to continue <laughs> doing that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely will do stuff in the future on it. Um, it's just been a matter of time and, yeah, like with the last six months, everything that's been going on, I just haven't had the focus. And that's like another thing is like beyond making the music for it, you have to be your own filmmaker and like editor yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like double the amount of work for 
not that much payoff. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> no, I think that's all the questions we had. I mean, if you want to talk about any um, future goals or aspirations that you have with our Benny or just anything else, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what to do next. Like, I want to continue to grow creatively and not just, you know, do the same things over and over. So to me, that's like not just doing another album for the sake of doing an album, but maybe trying to find another angle at it or I don't know. I, I have not figured that out that far <laughs> sure. ahead yet. So that's fine. <laughs> but, You're just uh, flowing with it. And that's yeah. very inspiring. Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll see where, where the wind takes me, but uh, yeah. Getting back into playing live shows has been a, a big goal to me. Yeah. You know, with the pandemic and everything going on, I haven't played in two years. So this will be a, a nice thing to try out and see if it's something I want to do more of in the future yeah absolutely yeah like i said i hope somebody records it or something because i want to see it yeah um, i know one of them will be recorded for sure okay amazing Perfect. amazing but then i told them that i reserve the right to like if it's not good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we'll see it maybe it'll be fine and they'll they'll put it on there i think they're gonna film it too so okay, oh amazing cool. amazing yeah. yeah oh well hopefully you're you know can come to toronto or something to perform yeah that'd be sick have you ever that. performed here I've never been to Canada. I'd love oh, to go okay. to Canada. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's not much yeah. of a scene here, but <laughs> to, us, at least. to us at least, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, if there ever is like a show, yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be yeah, 100%. I know there's some type of festivals or something around there. But I remember a Heinbach playing a couple of years ago. Oh, really? I yeah, can't remember I what it's us, called. Because I just don't think we're in the loop with these things. <laughs> Man, that would be so sick to see. Maybe I'll get on there someday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. But uh, I would love, yeah, I'd love to come to Canada. I, yeah. It seems like a beautiful country. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. Congratulations on getting healthy, and I hope that continues. And congratulations on all the music you've released and, and all the people you've inspired. And it's it's yeah. crazy to hear, you know, like the amount of people that, you know, are inspired by you. I don't know. Most, most conversations I have with ambient people about writing music and stuff, your name comes up in terms of their inspiration and stuff. So, um, it was really cool um, getting to chat. Yeah. I um, appreciate it. Thank you. I, I'm not, I don't do well with positive yeah. comments. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, uh, thanks. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, that's really nice. I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate you letting me come on and talk. Hopefully, I didn't talk too much. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> Try um, not to be too nervous. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, hopefully, we can have you back on again. You yeah. know, once yeah. you know some more music re gets released or whatever, and we can talk about yeah. live shows and all that. Yeah, um, talk about that other project that I'm working on if it ever gets finished. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm I would love gonna to keep, hear more about that. I'm gonna keep my eye out for an anonymous artist that's doing sort of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ambient. <laughs> um, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but for anybody listening, thank you so much. Uh, go out and support your favorite artist. Support our Benny. Go buy his vinyl. Go buy his anything on Bandcamp. Go see his live shows Just if you're in the area. Go see his live shows. And, support uh, your local library. Yeah. Support your local library. <laughs> Seriously. Um, 
yeah, try to set up a program in that library to get music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would love if somebody found my music in the library. I think I might die because that would be the best thing ever. That would be like a full circle <laughs> thing for you. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, seriously. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, with that being said, thank you everybody for listening again. Yep. And yep. Uh, thank you, Austin. Thank you, Arveni. Yep. And uh, yeah, talk soon.